My name is John, and this is my good buddy Andy. You're listening to the Packers Blitz podcast. This podcast is done by two diehard Packer fans who survived the dark times of the 1980s Packers football and live to talk about it. And of course, this podcast is dedicated to the best fans in the world, Packer fans. And one thing we always say over the past two or three podcasts, again, we desperately need football back. <laughs> in our lives really soon because if you've been listening to our podcast andy's watching like uh usfl or something <laughs> i actually watch canadian football highlights i've been playing a lot of madden uh you know i've been watching a lot of nfo network they've been doing a lot of uh, throwback games from the early 90s they did the um oh, music city miracle Andy, do you remember the Music City Miracle at all? Tennessee and Buffalo? Does that any, that is a ring a bell for you? Uh, yeah, is that the one where uh, I think Buffalo came back? Correct. They were down quite well, a bit. That is the one. To refresh your memory, that is the one on the last play of the game. They did an on uh, Buffalo was winning, and they did an onside kick, and Tennessee caught it, and they wound up doing. Uh, supposedly a forward lateral, I believe it was, if that's the legal thing again, and wound up winning the game, like wound up somebody like, uh, I can't remember the player, but ran it all the way down into the end zone and won the game on the last play of the game and wound up being Buffalo. I do remember I that... <laughs> hearing the term Music City uh, Miracle, and it does make yeah. sense that would have been in uh, Tennessee, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. It was in Tennessee. It was in uh, early, uh, oh, excuse me, late 90s. So Steve McNair was their quarterback at that time before he was murdered. <laughs> um, and also Brad Johnson was the Buffalo Bills quarterback. Uh, but it was Is really the same Brad Johnson that was with the Vikings. No, this is a different Brad. <laughs> okay. Johnson. No, Rob Johnson. Oh, Rob Johnson. Okay. Rob Johnson. I think, I'm sorry. I think Brad was with uh, Minnesota, wasn't he? Minnesota, okay. that's correct. Okay. You're correct, sir. But anyway, the other thing, too, was really funny is to see Bruce Smith <laughs> still playing, and he was a shell of his former self. Um, like I said, this is the late 90s after that big Super Bowl, four Super Bowls in a row from Buffalo. But I was watching that game, and I was like, man, I still miss football so much, so. We are excited for training camp, which is now what? Nine days away? Eight days away? It's nine days away on the 26th. Oh, so excited. So let's get right into Packer news. This makes me so excited too. Mike Holmgren and Sterling Sharp are semifinalists for the NFL Pro Football Hall of Fame. And it's about time. Right, Andy? Definitely. <laughs> they deserve it. They definitely deserve it. And I'm going to share some things with you that you're going to go like, I, I don't yeah, I don't think I remember that. Oh, now I remember. So Packer fans, open your eyes really wide. Again, NFL, <laughs> if you want to, Andy, and all us Packer fans out there, go out and check the tape on Sterling Sharp. There is a highlight reel on YouTube. Go and watch it. You will just sit there and just go, I totally forgot. There are plays in there where he was um, just running over people, 
Uh, he was catching the ball and tiptoeing to stand, stand bounds. He was running past people. He was, I mean, there was nobody, and I mean nobody, that could bring him down in the open field unless they just ran up, went on his ankles. I mean, you're not doing it. So he combined the speed, the power, and the route running ability that, well, what I see him with today is certain players, yeah, maybe like a Travis Kelsey to a certain extent, but he's a tight end. Maybe, um, oh, the guy from San Francisco, I'm drawing a blank on him. He's the guy who keeps beating us. Uh, the receiver, um, oh, I can't think of him right now. I don't know, I'm drawing a blank on him. Uh, but other than that, it's really hard for me, Andy, to, to put him in, um, I don't know, like who's like him. And, who, you know, it really takes a lot of uh, time for me to think about it. And I get it. J Jerry Rice is the number and the top receiver, yardage and all, blah, blah, blah. But Jerry Rice, you could take out of a game. You could take him out of a game. And the Packers did. If you remember some games we played in the mid-90s against them, we took Jerry Rice out of the game. In fact, the game that we should have won in the divisional playoff, I believe in 98-99, where Terrell Owens caught that freaking pass to beat us. Andy, do you remember that fumble by Jerry Rice in that divisional playoff game where he clearly fumbled the ball and the ref was standing there? And they didn't call it a fumble. Do you remember that at all, Andy? Painfully so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, ref basically had his hands on his knees staring at it, directly at it, and was not very far yeah. away. And I don't know exactly. how you don't make that call because he, he fumbled it way up. You know, he was, his hands mm -hmm. were up, you know, like four, yeah. four feet or something. So it wasn't like the ground caused the fumble. No, he fumbled the ball. And Clearly. That, yeah, Clearly. so yeah. Another time we got yeah, so holes in the playoffs. <laughs> which so, we what that should be a podcast. But, but uh, you know, Jerry Rice right? was never the blocker that Sterling Sharp was. Mm -hmm. Sterling Sharp was really a the complete wide receiver and didn't really have I can't think of any weaknesses he's he had because mm -hmm. he was deceptively fast. He was really just, yep. uh, you know, had great hands. He was a fantastic route runner and a great blocker. So really a complete player and uh, just a great, great wide receiver. And the reason nobody could bring him down is because his, his legs were like tree trunks too. And, and he was very yeah. strong in his upper body and his, he's able to stiff arm people and whatnot. He's almost like a, like a, like a core, like a AJ Dillon. Uh, you know, it, almost yeah. like a running back, just trying to you know run over mm -hmm. people. And he he did not shy away from contact. And he was he was really uh, uh, just a just a real football player, you know. So yeah, yeah and, and, he deserves yeah, he deserves recognition by the hall. He really does. Uh, neck injury yep, ended really. his career prematurely, unfortunately, yeah. for the Packers yeah, and fun. and really everybody for football yeah. fans out there. He was just. Just a great player. And he he was even a better player than his 
uh, brother, Shannon Sharp, who was a tight end yeah. uh, for many years with several teams, but mainly with the Denver Broncos, I believe. And he also played for the Baltimore Ravens, yep. I want to say. That is correct. And um, he's a great player, too. I, I, don't get me wrong, but I'm talking about, you know, a player that, that transcended, a player that um, just was one of the premier players in the league, period. And that yeah. was uh sterling sharp so yeah and the guy i'm thinking of is debo sweeney from the 40 debo samuel that's yeah debo samuel yeah god dang man i'm gonna get it right Yeah, but the problem is uh, debo gets hurt all the time and uh you know sterling actually up until he had the neck injury uh you know was very very um you know trustworthy in that area he didn't get injured very often he was always out in the field available to play i guess would be the right the key there so yeah and no he, offense to debo but debo gets hurt a lot a lot so, yeah great players well. everyone forget everyone forgets in our first playoff win in years in 1994 i believe 95 against the lions of all people uh where if again if you can't remember this packer fans go back and watch this on youtube where Brett Favre scrambling around like a madman, and you're like, "Oh, my, I remember! I remember this, Andy." I'm like screaming at the TV, "What the blank are you doing? Throw the ball!" And he goes around and he throws the ball across his chest, and I'm thinking, "Oh, we are screwed. We're gonna inter- they're gonna intercept this ball. And Detroit's gonna beat us." And Sterling Sharp on the sidelines, you see him <laughs> slowly running because Sterling Sharp had a bad hamstring uh, and, and at that play, and he didn't want the ball. And he told Brett Favre in the huddle, if you're going to throw something, throw it short so I can get out of bounds. My hamstring's bothering me. Well, Brett Favre didn't listen to him. And so he sees him, Sterling Sharp sees him. This is why I love Sterling Sharp. Sterling Sharp sees Brett Favre scrambling, and he's going, oh, damn, I got I got it. I got to get out here, you know, and see if he can get it to me. And so anyway, Sterling Sharp is run. He's basically jogging. If you watch it, he's not at full speed. You can tell. And here comes the ball and Sterling Sharp is looking at it going, Oh man, I better, I I better get going. I'm going to miss this thing. That's what he's thinking. And uh, so he runs and just gets enough extra, you know, gas or whatever you want to say. And catches the ball to win the game. And I remember watching that play. And I didn't know any of the behind the scene, obviously. And I thought that was drawn up. I honestly, Andy, I would swear on a stack of Bibles, that play was drawn up. That was a real play that they came up with. And Sterling Sharp goes, no, it was total chaos. <laughs> it's like schoolyard football, John. It just, was schoolyard. You go, go, go. You know, fly pattern, fly yeah. pattern. And, <laughs> and, and I remember that where Sterling Sharp, again, watch the video and you will have a big smile on your face. And Sterling Sharp is in the end zone and he, he's just standing there and people are Detroit fans are throwing stuff at him and he's just standing there with a smile on his face and everybody's going nuts because this is their first playoff victory in years and their Packers are finally getting there, you know, 
And uh, but, man, it will make it will warm your heart. It will if you're a Packer fan, you'll go, oh man, I forgot that. So I don't know if you have anything to add about that, Andy, but that's just something again that yeah. They, I mean, the amazing Sterling part, Harper John, is is that Favre is rolling out to his left. He's right-handed, yes. and he throws it yeah. across the bot his body diagonally to the far side of the field in the end zone and he throws it 70 probably what 70 yards oh, on a dime yeah. mm-hmm. to sterling dime. sharp in the corner of the end zone mm-hmm. and it's probably one of the most amazing throws you have ever seen ever. in your life right. and so yeah for mm-hmm. you to put it in context like that with uh you know sterling having a bad hamstring for him to even get down the field and and run you know 50 yards 60 yards wherever he had to run to get to the corner uh that was amazing unto itself you know unto itself and then the th- the key john is uh sterling made the catch <laughs> uh yeah. you know far threw it up to him and that was amazing unto itself but you know sterling made the catch and he was not a guy uh, who had a lot of the dropsies. And uh, a little bit yeah. later in the podcast, I'm going to talk a little bit about dropsies. But <laughs> but Sterling wasn't one of them. He, he had great, great hands. And, was, again, just made plays. Mm. Amazing player. And uh, deserves uh, to be in the hall. So just one other thing, too. I know, and there may be some Cowboy fans listening to this. Or you're in a Packer fan, a Cowboy. Fan. I'm gonna tell you now. Did not be in before you and oh, your car stereos out <laughs> and stuff. Michael Irvin was Mister. If he he is just an average. Also, remember with Dallas offensive line, which was like. Wall. <laughs> I'm, I'm a big history guy. So it's like this granite wall. Forget it. You're not getting to a not happening. And they have, you know, a, a ton of talent on that. You know, great tight end, uh, you know, running back, uh, you know, great offensive line, you know, again. Great quarterback, Troy Aikman. Aikman could throw a great ball. You put on the tape of Sterling Sharp, and you put on the tape of Michael Irvin, and you don't say Michael Irvin is better than Sterling Sharp. You're crazy. You need to go and check yourself into a hospital <laughs> because you are not watching the same thing we're watching. And, again, he's a good receiver. Don't get me wrong. He, he's a good receiver, a great receiver. Not, not in a million years, is he? Um, anything quick about this before we get on to Mike Holmgren? Yeah, Michael Irvin uh, liked, liked to push off. He was Mr. Push-Off. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you watch the way he played, he was allowed to basically uh, interfere pretty much every single play. So he was pushing off constantly. Yeah, absolutely. And a very physical player. I have no problem with that, but within the rules. And so, um, yeah, and I think you're right. Is if I had a if I had a to choose between Michael Irvin and and Sterling Sharp, it wouldn't even be a choice. 
uh, Sterling would have been the guy I would have picked, but yeah, absolutely. that's just me. Yeah, uh, there we go. Okay, Andy, this is gonna okay. Maybe you don't, but Packer fans, I'm gonna blow your mind for a second. So, did you know that at one time, Mike Holmgren's staff included Andy Reid, tight ends coach, Steve Mariucci, quarterbacks coach. Nolan Cromwell, special teams coach. John Gruden was like an offense. He was kind of like an intern, but he did offensive quality control. Fritz Shermer, defensive coordinator. Not to mention, throughout his years in Green Bay, Mike Holmgren also had Dick Duran, Ray Rhodes, Marty Mordenwig, Mike Sherman, and this, is, this blows my mind, and I totally forgot it, and Jim Zorn were on his staff. And all of these coaches uh, uh, became head coaches, okay? All of them. Every last one of those people I just talked about became a head coach in the NFL. Andy, tell me mind-blowing. <laughs> well, I already knew about it, John. And, yeah, I mean, right. it's amazing that uh, – it's just amazing, the coaching tree he had. <laughs> That has to be probably the top one ever. And I know there's been some articles on that that I haven't delved into at all, but uh, they talk a little bit uh, now uh, with our coach um, and the the coaching tree that he comes from with Shanahan. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we don't want to get into that probably today, but um, no, 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 no. yeah, we'll, so we'll that's, that's that. a debate for another day. But um, yeah. But great, great I, I, uh, staff. It just, it just no wonder they won a Super Bowl, right? <laughs> yeah, think about that. Just think about yeah, that. Super that's Bowl. part of the reason when you have great minds and great coaches yeah. on your staff. You know, right. the head coach can't do it all himself. So, no, and and which blue, you know, NFL head coaches. Like, when is that? When do you ever? There's maybe a handful of coaches in the NFL that had every single coach on his staff, main staff, okay, become NFL head coaches at one time or another. Uh, that's crazy. So, anyway, those guys, Mike, you definitely deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. You accolades coming to you. So, Andy. Let's move on here. You got three things. So what you I got three think, things. Yeah, three yeah. uh three little bits of uh, Packers news that I thought everybody would enjoy. So I said, why not? Why not? Well, we've been uh, usually talking over an hour anyway. Yeah, so yeah. you know, we'll just go for it. So the first thing was uh, you know, Packers CEO Mark Murphy has been yeah, busy this offseason and made some moves. No, it has nothing to do with the whole A-Rod debacle. Debacle. Uh, Murphy bought a Wisconsin golf course to save it from condo redevelopment. Oh. Instead of what might seem like a real estate investment or a vanity project, it was anything but. Uh, Mark Murphy bought Maxwell Bray's golf course in Bailey's Harbor 
located in the heart of Door County, Wisconsin. Uh, I don't know if most people know this, but Mark uh, actually lives in Door County, his, his home's there. So uh, he wanted to keep it as an asset to the community. And very interesting. Very interesting. The, the course boasts a fascinating football history as well. And, and get this, John, according to an article in Golf Digest uh, by Coleman Bentley, I just love that name, Coleman Bentley. <laughs> Can't make that up. Where, no, of course he writes an article for Golf Digest. Of course he does. Well, Coleman said this, and I quote, or he quotes, in 1948, it's 11th fairway served as a makeshift practice field for the Los Angeles Rams during a three-game road trip to Chicago, Green Bay, and Detroit. Murphy couldn't let that legacy be erased by another Starbucks, so he stepped in, end quote. So maybe all of you Packer fans out there don't agree with all the Packers offseason moves, but this one seems like a winner. And uh, I have to say, uh, nice job, Mark. Uh, it was great that he now, did that. So I, I love that. Thank you for sharing that because I was about to rip him again. I, I can't rip him on that. That is outstanding. Thank you, Mark Murphy. You finally did something right. <laughs> okay. Yep. And they're trying to develop and develop and de develop so much in Door County. It's kind of nice that he that he kept yeah. that. And they there aren't really many golf courses up really? in that area, so it's great that he stepped in and did that. So yeah, pretty awesome. Yeah, great job, Mark. So the second bit of news, uh, John and I will talk about the middle linebackers next week on Packers Blitz. Uh, however. Some very interesting news came in. Former Packers middle linebacker Blake Martinez has made over $11.5 million in the Pokemon card business since retiring from the NFL in the middle of 20, the uh, 2022 season. He was playing for, the, I believe, the Raiders at the Great time. Man. Why... At 28 years of age and just coming off a 11 tackle game, did Blake retire so suddenly? So he retired right in the middle of the season. Well, <laughs> he sold a Pokemon card for over $670,000. Wow. In addition, he had started a business called Blake's Breaks prior to the season, which took off immediately. Uh, Martinez has hired 20 full-time staffers to host 16 hours of live streams per day. Whoa. Who could have thought that the Pokemon card business could be so lucrative? Blake Martinez may have the most original and unorthodox reason for retire, retiring from the NFL thus far. Uh, congratulations to his success and his new career path. Any thoughts on that, John? Quick, <laughs> my no, son Nolan actually, actually collects cards, and I'm like, and I hey. told him about that whole thing, and he's like, "Yeah, there's some money to be made." I'm like, six hundred fifty thousand or six hundred seventy thousand dollars for a Pokemon card? Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, I guess it's a big thing. So it is. A, it is a big thing. Uh, what's hilarious is um, 
they do an unboxing and my son Ryan was showing me this and this guy did this unboxing and he had two Pokemon cards, both worth uh, something in the neighborhood of $800,000. What? <sighs> Yo, exactly. we're in the wrong business. No <laughs> Come kidding. <on>. Yep. <laughs> so, but congratulations to Blake. That's pretty awesome. Plus he's, you and know, him. You know, he's uh, employing people, too. I mean, he's got, so what, 20 staffers? Uh, so that's that's great that he's doing that. Nice job, Blake. Uh, the third bit of uh, news was uh, back in June, and I totally forgot to bring this up. I should have brought it up sooner. Here we go. Chicago, Chicago Bears defensive tackle Justin Jones blasted mm-hmm. Packer fans, calling them shitty obnoxious this is not me saying this <laughs> i know i know half of them don't even know football oh boy sorry uh john uh packers fans and everyone around the world who listens to packers blitz every week i i should have responded sooner my yeah. bad so i will respond <laughs> to these insults right now justin jones makes every defensive tackle, every player in the NFL look bad when he says stupid, ignorant, and untrue things like that. Everything that Jones said couldn't be further from the truth, period. John, do you have anything to say about that? Um... Other than he's just a big baby, you know, because I, I'm just, <laughs> I, I just get sick and tired of people being ignorant. Packer fans are constantly rated in the top two of knowledgeable Packer fans. Cause they do a survey every year and we will cover this on uh, uh, Packers, but when it comes out again and, and he's starting to stir the pot, which is a good thing because um, Jordan Love kind of stirred it a little bit um, around Father's Day, where he uh, he uh, came on and um, I don't know, just social social media, Twitter, whatever he was using, and said Happy Father's Day to Bear fans, and the Bear fans all just lost their mind. Are you calling, you know, are we you are Daddy or whatever, and people lost it, and I thought it was super funny, um, but no. I think this is good. It's good for it's good for Packer fans, right? Because we have owned the Bears with Aaron Rodgers, right, Andy? I mean, we've owned them. Owned, yeah, yeah, for the past what decade? <laughs> right, and they should <laughs> but, be happy. Aaron Rodgers is no longer with the club. Yeah, now it's going to yeah. be interesting. And they forget, you know, about the losing part. They lost again a couple times last year. Correct? We beat them twice correct. last year, didn't we? So, I mean, come on. And we were, and again, we were only eight and nine. <laughs> that was what yeah. a quarter of our wins was was yeah, Chicago. Right. So yeah, yeah. yeah. A, even when uh, Rogers was a little off last year, <laughs> yeah, he still owned them. So he still owned them. which is yeah. kind of hilarious. Yeah, so that's hilarious. Uh, whatever, uh, you know, Justin, go and uh, whatever. Um, okay, so let's get into. We're finishing uh, up the offensive depth chart skill positions, quarterback, running back, and wide receiver. So, Andy, why don't you do a little recap for our, for our fans and uh, tell them what we've been doing. 
Yeah, so in, in episode 27 of Packers Blitz, John and I talked about the roster depth of the Green Bay Packers on the offensive line, the uh, tight ends uh, slash fullbacks, and special teams, and that was episode 27. Uh, today, we will give the fans, uh, give everybody an in-depth look at, at quarterback, running back, and wide receiver, and round out the offense. So we're going to talk about the quarterback position first. And of course, uh, with our roster, uh, Jordan Love, of course, is a lock, a Packers blitz lock. Yes, in caps. Um, yeah, he'll, he'll, be he'll, be, he'll be starting. I don't think there's anybody going to beat him. That's going to beat him out, oh, um, God. barring oh, God. injury or anything else happening. Uh, oh yeah, so, no, 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 yeah, jinx, right. no, jinx. Exactly. Sorry. Try not to. So I I recently read an excellent article from Sports Illustrated titled Five Reasons to Believe in Jordan Love. So here are the five reasons that Jordan Love will be our starting quarterback of the future. So I'm keeping this in a very positive light, John. (laughs) So that's why I depict that article and talking about Jordan Love, because really we don't know a whole lot yet. And so, um, so there's five things that they came up with, five reasons to believe in him. So the first thing that they mentioned was Packers GM Brian Gutekunst has been gambling and winning a lot with his first round picks. He has been taking big swings and has been rewarded for them. Cornerback uh, uh, Jarir uh, Alexander, edge rusher Rashawn Gary, and even cornerback Eric. Stokes before his injury plagued 2022 season. So, so let's see if Jordan is the next gamble to pay off. Uh, the second reason, second positive thing that we're going to talk about in believing about our quarterback uh, would be head coach Matt LaFleur picked up the pieces from a disastrous six, nine and one campaign under Mike McCarthy in 2018 and turned it around. The team won 13 games in the regular season for three straight years. Maybe LaFleur can turn the team around again in 2023 after a so, so 22, 2022 campaign. And then the third thing, let's admit it. The bar is low for Jordan Love. Pretty much everybody, everyone, especially Packers fans, is not expecting much. Jordan Love is not Aaron Rodgers yet. However, could Jordan Love play better in 2023 than Aaron Rodgers did in 2022? Aaron Rodgers had 12 interceptions, a passer rating of 91.1, his lowest since 2015 and no 300-yard passing games. Yes, it's definitely a possibility. Everybody, and I mean everybody, realizes that there will be some growing pains. Jordan Love needs to learn how to be a winning quarterback in the NFL. People will need to be patient with him. We keep preaching that patience and everything. The fourth thing that Sports Illustrated brought up was arguably there is no team in the NFL that has been better at navigating the difficult task of selecting a starting quarterback. Twice, the Packers picked a successor to their legendary quarterback instead of attempting to win now. 
twice the Packers have identified quarterbacks who could succeed in cold weather. Twice the Packers selected quarterbacks whose traits fit its system. Twice now the Packers are transitioning to a new one in the last 30 years. Favre started from 1992 to 2007, like everybody knows. Uh, Rodgers was drafted in the first round in 2005. Rodgers sat for three years. Rodgers started from 2008 to 2022. Jordan Love was drafted in 2020. Love sat for three years. It's now 2023. And Jordan is the starting quarterback for your Green Bay Packers. The 15-year or so quarterback cycle continues in Green Bay. The pattern keeps repeating itself, doesn't it, John? Yes, it does. And then the very last one, the fifth one that they came up with, and the final reason that Jordan Love will be the Green Bay Packers starting quarterback of the future is that we also what it what I like to call a glimmer of hope last season when Jordan played uh, lights out against the formidable NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles, who had the league's uh, best pass defense and pass rush. However, he has only, Jordan Love has only 58 total regular season snaps under his belt. Yeah. So the again, the jury's still out. So uh, Jordan's a lock, John. Uh, yeah. Any, any comments on Jordan? Till I'm no. I, okay. I think we've I think we've gone through it a lot. The, okay. the biggest thing is Packer Blitz fans. Andy's is and everyone is. You, you can't expect him to come in and throw five touchdowns or four touchdowns. Or, you know, if he has a two touchdown game, I think we should feel good about it. Um, Here's my thing, though, just really quickly. Maybe we'll talk about this in later podcasts. But the thing you have to do is keep it simple. Simple, 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 simple. Okay? Don't be running these slip screens that are complicated blocking and, you know. No. Just one, two, three, throw. <laughs> one, two, three, throw. You know? I know you're going to go. What? You can't do that. Defenses are too complicated. They're just going to jump the route and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's going to happen. And yeah, that's going to suck. But just remember, again, like Andy said, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers' first uh, year out, not the greatest. So that's all I have to say about that. So yeah, uh, one, one, two, three, out. <laughs> Get the ball out. <laughs> Read one read, two reads. I'm not getting to my third. Oh, <laughs> you know, throw it, right? all needs to be out of his hands. So hopefully, hands. um, and we'll get to this in a minute about our running backs uh, with the dropsies. Hopefully, yeah. uh, some of them can start catching the ball for him. But we'll get to Absolutely. that in a minute. <laughs> so Absolutely. we got Jordan Love as a lock, of course. Yeah, quarterback. The other notables on our roster, there's oh, only two boy. of them, would be the holdover Danny Etling. And rookie fifth-round pick, who we've talked about, Sean Clifford. Neither one has started a game in in the NFL. If neither one wins the backup job, then a veteran could be brought in, I guess. (laughs) That seems to be the theme on – That seems to be the theme on our offense. Lack of veteran leadership at quarterback, 
wide receiver and tight end. Andy, Andy, hold yeah. on a sec. What do you what do you think about Matt Ryan? Is he done, or could we get more one more year out of him? Uh, he, I think he got hired to, with one of the uh, one of the broadcasting groups, right? Oh, isn't he well, like he a studio analyst? That doesn't well, mean he couldn't come out of the. Yeah, he couldn't come back. Yeah, he can back. Okay. okay. Yeah, I don't know. He's he, he no, looked really washed up. <laughs> he looked really bad in Indianapolis. Yeah, okay. So I watched a few okay. of his games and. I don't know. I think that would be a desperation move on our part. Um, So, you know, they were saying that actually both quarterbacks could uh, possibly not make the roster, but I have no idea then who's the backup then. (laughs) So, uh, so I would guess Etling's probably going to be cut. Sorry. Um, uh, Clifford probably will be the backup. Mm. Uh, And if not, uh, likely sent to the practice squad, but again, you need somebody to back up Jordan, yeah, and you have to have, to have yeah. somebody in the in the quarterback yeah. room besides him. So yeah. I don't know. Not a whole lot of veteran leadership on the team, yeah. unfortunately. And a lot yeah. of people would say, "Oh yeah, well, uh, you know, Jordan's been with the team four years. Yeah, <laughs> this is his so? fourth season, but he hasn't played." Right. So he has to assume that leadership role and then he's got to, got to run with it and he's got to step up and he's got to play well. Otherwise he's going to be out of a job too (laughs) come next year because the Packers will be looking for another quarterback or at least they should be. So Um, um, now it's his time to shine as we've talked about in previous podcasts. So now we're going to talk about the running backs, John. That's all right. Yep. Uh, the Packers will be leaning heavily on their top running back tandem of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. They need them to produce as the team transitions to Jordan Love at quarterback. However, <laughs> this running back tandem has one fatal flaw, the dropsies. Combined, <laughs> they dropped 11 passes. Really? Only two teams had more drops than the Packers running backs. That would be Detroit with 13 Mm. and Denver with 12. And according to Pro Football Focus, uh, Jones had six drops tied for most among NFL running backs. And Dylan had five drops tied for fourth most among NFL running backs among the 47 running backs, 47 running backs targeted at least 25 times Mm -hmm. Dylan's drop rate of (laughs) 15.2% was the second highest while Jones 9.2% was the 14th highest. So Jones may have had a lot of drops, but he also had more passes thrown to him. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Jones' previous career worse uh, were four drops uh, and uh, 7.4% f- uh, 7. Uh, rate. In uh, 2021, Corey Dillon had only one drop really? and a 2.9% drop rate. Jones and Dillon need to help their new quarterback, Jordan Love, and catch the damn ball for him. If they are the prolific running back uh, duo that we all think they are, 
Uh, they need to play like it. So, mm-hmm. so Aaron Jones, uh, he's a lock, John, lock. of course, uh, big time. And uh, we've we've talked about the accolades of Aaron Jones in previous podcasts, but we're going to keep it up. <laughs> so, yeah. um, Aaron Jones is a TD machine. Uh, since entering the NFL in 2017, Jones in his six seasons ranks eighth overall and sixth among running backs with 60 touchdowns. In fact, he is the seventh player in NFL history with 40-plus rushing touchdowns. He's got 43. And 15-plus receiving touchdowns. He's got 17 in his first six NFL season seasons. Pretty awesome, huh? That's unbelievable. He ranks sixth in total yards. He was trying to remind people on, <laughs> I think he was tweeting about it or something. Yeah, was, this is yeah. actually him. He ranks sixth. He was reminding people he ranks sixth in total yards and third in total touchdowns for the past yeah. four seasons. Mm-hmm. He has topped a 5.0-yard average per carry in four of six seasons. And according to Stathead, only Hall of Famers Jim Brown, Barry Sanders, we know how we love, I think everybody knows how we love Barry Sanders, Sanders, and Joe Perry have done that. Only three Hall of Famers have done that. Wow. Also, former Chiefs star running back Jamal Charles and current Browns star Nick Chubb, who we will get to in a second. Mm -hmm. So that's only five players, John, total. Wow. That have averaged that much per carry. However, (laughs) like I said before, Jones took to social media yeah, and ESPN didn't even put him in the top running backs in the NFL. Idiot. Um, so the aforementioned uh, Nick Chubb, who plays for the Browns, was ranked number one. I'll just go through this quick. Uh, number two was uh, the 49ers, Christian McCaffrey. Three was the Raiders, Josh Jacobs, who's in contract dispute with them right now. Same with number four, the Giants, Saquon Barkley. He's having contract issues with them. Uh, at number five, the Titans, uh, Derek Henry. At number six, the Colts, Jonathan Taylor, who used to play for the Wisconsin Badgers, by the way. Uh, at number seven, the Saints, Alvin Kamara. Don't agree with that one at all. No. <laughs> at eight, uh, formerly with the Vikings, the Vikings, uh, Dalvin Cook. Yeah. At nine, the Cowboys, Tony Pollard. And at 10, the Chargers, Austin Eckler. So um, I know what I where I would rank him, but where do you think Aaron Jones should be on that list, John, if you had to put him uh, somewhere on there? For me, at least number two. Oh, um, really? That high? Oh, yeah. Okay. He, you know, I wouldn't put him at number one yet because just because of his dropsies, like you said. Uh, yeah, and fumbling in the uh, and playoffs. fumbling. <laughs> But for stats-wise, yeah. he's easily number two. You could argue number one, but uh, he's a solid number two. Yep. How about you? I would probably put him at five or six, but you're convincing really? me to put him even higher than that. I mean, I think a lot of the stats hey. I just rattle off pro- maybe surprised a lot of people. 
they don't surprise me a whole lot. The the one uh, you know in comparison with some of those NFL Hall of Famers, that's pretty impressive with that yard average that he had that over five. Uh, that, that's in, he's in pretty high regards. Then I mean that's that's top six that's, stuff. You know, is. top five stuff ever. Can I just say ever. something really quick about yeah. a couple of the people on here in ESPN? Yeah. We've already been through this on past podcasts. ESPN, whatever you're smoking, whatever you're drinking, stop yeah. it. And, and, you know, come on. Yeah. Okay. Tomorrow so can't, can't stay healthy. Cook can't stay healthy. Yeah, can't so, stay so, healthy. so right there, they're off. Pollard can't stay healthy. Pollard Austin, can't stay Austin healthy. Austin Eckler should be higher. Um, yeah. That would be a Absolutely tough choice between high. him and Jones. They have Eckler yeah. at 10. That's ridiculous. That's insane. Um, he had more catches and more targets than anybody on that team last year. Yeah. I um, mean, it wasn't and, even close. And he, right. he scores touchdowns as well. I think he led the yeah. league last year in touchdowns. I think Absolutely. he, yeah. I forget I'll how many he had, at least 19 that at I least. know of. So yeah. um, it actually probably was over 20. <laughs> What's that? Austin Eckler's in a contract dispute. Oh, yeah, so, that too. Yeah, he is. Yep. Um, yep. Here's my thing. And Vikings, I'm not picking on you because you're Vikings. I love Delvin Cook. I think he's a hell of a running back. Uh, eight, he shouldn't even be on this. He, he should be off. I would take Delvin Cook off. I would take Elvin Kamara off. Both of those guys off. Um, I, I yeah, and, and Josh Jacobs, I would put him as 10 because he's he had a heck of a elite year last year. But again, he's if the Raiders were smart and they really wanted him, they would have resigned. Right, but they're not. They're waiting to see what happens with Eckler and um, you know Barkley uh, and uh, I think Henry was involved. Maybe he signed. I don't know. But anyway, Elvin Kamara. Yeah, he's a great back, but hurt, and now he's in trouble. He'll probably get out of it. But Delvin Cook, he has those games where you're. He has those flashes where he's again. He, he's. Man, wow. He had a game against Buffalo where he was just a machine, just running up and down the field. And then he'll have games where he's like, yeah, mm, it's okay. <laughs> he's not consistent. Aaron Jones is either consistent in one, two things. One, he's dropping the dang pass. You're like, oh, come on, dude. Or fumbling at a certain time where you're like, oh, you're killing me. Or he's just bam, 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 running up and down that field. And, and, and But he's just more consistent. You know, like a lot of these guys, uh, Nick Chubb's very consistent. And, and McCaffrey, he's hurt, but when he's healthy, he's consistent. But I don't know. I, yeah, I, Ch- I, Chubb is available, you know, which is which is yeah. what how, why he's worth something. McCaffrey had been hurt a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And Jacobs had as well. You know, Barkley's been hurt. Uh, even Derrick Henry hurt. Jonathan mm-hmm. Taylor hurt last year. So yeah. Kamara's yeah. been hurt. Cal, Cal, you know, pretty much all of them all on this yeah. list, except for actually Eckler. Um, yeah. He's had some soft tissue things here and there, maybe, you know, yeah, hamstring right, right, or whatever, right. but he usually is a gamer and he'll play. So yeah. I think yeah. him at 10 is, is a real travesty. They should be a lot yeah. higher. And, and the biggest a, travesty yeah. of all is Jones not being not anywhere on that list. That's ridiculous. Then again, it's ESPN. Stop smoking stuff and get on with your life. That's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And they, a lot of these yeah. running backs, you know, those teams don't want to pay them. <laughs> so Pollard's in a tra- contract dispute too. 
Oh yeah, yeah. They're probably tend- gonna franchise tag him. By yeah, he signed his him. tender or whatever. And oh, did he? So, yeah, okay. but reluctantly, he wanted a new contract. Oh, you know, everybody he- wants a new contract. I understand everybody. that, but yeah. he had already uh, signed it. So yeah, the the running back position has been so devalued over the years. I mean, it's just not a position that you're going to come in and, and, you know, like back in the heyday with Herschel Walker and Barry Sanders and Emmett Smith and those guys, you know, even those guys didn't, what I would say, make tremendous amount of money. They, they make good money, but they weren't quarterback money or defensive end money or linebacker money or, you know what I mean? It, it was kind of, yeah, okay, we'll pay him, I guess, but we're not going to give you like Ezekiel Elliott. Elliot Ezekiel Elliott from again the Cowboys he had to bring these guys up again they paid him a ton of money and what happened he's falling off a cliff so yep (laughs) not even signed you got Kareem Hunt another one not signed yet Ooh, and they're I don't think either one of them are even 30 yet I know Kareem Hunt is 28 um Ezekiel Elliott I'm not sure exactly where he's at but he's about the same age yeah yeah. so yeah AJ Dillon as a yeah. PB lock, <laughs> yeah, of course he's a lock. I mean, you've got our two starters there, so um, the Packers need to give him though uh, a a contract extension would be nice. Mm. Um, he's their former second round pick. Uh, seldom do you see a player who keeps everything glued together for his team. His running style is a perfect fit for cold weather Green Bay on the field. He unites the team off the field and embraces the city of Green Bay. So on the field, A.J. Dillon has not missed a single regular season game while toting the Rock 187 times for 803 yards in 2021 and 186 times for 770 yards in 2022. Rich Francis of zonecoverage.com says this about the the Green Bay's running backs. And and he quotes, Dylan and running back Aaron Jones make the perfect one-two punch with Jones providing the quick burst and cutting while Dylan will just run it down your throat. End quote. Dylan has been one of Jordan Love's biggest supporters by hyping up the first year starter on Sirius XM radio and TikTok by showing off his collection of Jordan love rookie cards. Did you see that, John? It's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Okay. AJ has been doing a weekly uh, scavenger hunt, uh, hiding autographed items and other memorabilia <laughs> all over true. the city of green Bay. How many pro athletes do this to show his love for the of the fans and his city? The answer, not many. Not many. No. In June, AJ Dillon talked about his future with Jason Wilde of the Wisconsin State Journal, and uh, this is what AJ had to say: "I love Green Bay. Green Bay knows that. I love the Packers. The Packers know that. I'd play here until I can't run anymore." I'll pick up long snapper or whatever it is when I start slowing down, but there's only so much I can control, end quote. Hopefully, AJ will be a Packer for life. His performance on the field is solid. He's a fan favorite. 
He's a great voice for the city of Green Bay. Now it's the franchise's turn to find a way to keep him a Packer in 2024 and beyond. But when we just talked about this, John, with that list of players, the top running backs, and yeah. not wanting to resign them, uh-huh. you know, I, I just don't know. I got a bit, I think I have a bigger mm-hmm. question mark now. But he was mm-hmm. a second rounder, and you would yeah. think he has he has value for the team. So do you think the Packers should resign him? Yeah, I, I think they should, but I'm a little weary of him lately. Um, man, I, I mean, I hate to say this because I, I do like the guy. And he's an he he he'll get on Twitter if you if you ever go on Twitter. Sometimes Packer Blitz fans he'll put a thing out saying, "Hey, if you um, retweet this uh, post in the next you know hour." I will send you an autographed jersey or something. And, or I will, one time he had a thing where he was going to buy a thousand people, the new Madden uh, 2024 when it came out, if you retweeted something, I'm like, that's crazy. And he was going to autograph each one. I'm like, that is insane. So I love him for that. But his running style really concerns me. If you want to put on the tape from last year, my concern was he, he would get hit and, and kind of go down. It wasn't that he was going down fully, but he saw he was not moving forward. He should lower his pads and punch somebody in the mouth like Derrick Henry um, did a couple of years ago. And I, kind of still where if Derrick Henry was in the open field and you were a safety trying to tackle. Forget it. It's not, it's not happening. <laughs> Just get out of the way, make a business decision. So, if they resign him, I think what they should do is give him a short-term deal, probably a two-year. Um, I don't know if that's what he wants. Most players don't want that. Um, maybe put a franchise. Uh, no, you can put a franchise tag on. That's too much. But I'm not signing him to a four-year deal. There's no way I'm doing that. It's just I just don't think he has um, what we need. And what we need is speed. <laughs> don't we need that Andy don't we need that in our running backs again just that speed to get to the outside and and really hit that hole and you know run uh you know an 80 yarder well that's don't what we have that? that's what we have uh Aaron Jones for yeah I don't <laughs> think he can do that anymore maybe yeah, it's me that could be I think that he's good be. at 60 and then people catch him but that guy just hits that yeah, hole I mean boom. every NFL team wants a uh uh, you know, a game changer like that. It's just yeah. the problem is finding them and then keeping them healthy. Keeping them on the roster. Yeah. Yeah. So and, who's on yeah. the bubble? A lot heard of players. Of I mean, they they only kept two last year, two running backs. And uh, so on the bubble, you've got Patrick Taylor, yeah. uh, Tyler Goodson, and Lou Nichols, the third, who's a rookie. Yeah. Uh and this is the this is the battle for the RB three for the third yeah. running back position. Um, only only one of those three might make the roster. Yeah, and Probably again, either. they they only kept two last year. Um, my guess is they're going to keep three. And that person's probably going to be Patrick Taylor, but you also might see a guy like maybe even Tyler Goodson, somebody yeah. else make it, but. Um, yeah, it seemed like Patrick Taylor seemed to be really good catching the ball out of the backfield and, and seemed to be actually uh, 
even better than he was before with, uh, you know, his running ability. So um, yeah. that would be who I would think would probably make yeah. it. But again, we haven't yep. even gotten to uh, training camp yet. Yeah, uh, yeah, the, the only long shot, shot was uh, Manuel Wilson. He's on the roster as well. Uh, I don't think he has a chance of making it. No. And uh, so um, I'm not sure what your thoughts are on that group. Yeah. But you got Pretty Aaron Jones and you got, you got A.J. Dillon. Yep. And then just a bunch of guys, and really, guys. Um, they might keep one more of them. Yeah, practice squad, sure. Um, but the thing is, also sometimes those guys will be special teamers. So you know, yeah, it depends true. on that's true. one of them that's can true. play special teams. So yeah. I'm not sure out of that group who you would pick, but I I would say Patrick Taylor maybe. Yeah, Patrick Taylor. Okay. All right, wide receiver. Wide receivers. So there will be quite the competition for roster spots in Love this uh, wide receiver position group. Uh, there is no one with over two years of experience in this group. John, if I'm right, let me know. But I don't think there is. Uh, uh, they are very um, inexperienced. They are very young. The state of wide receiver should make a compelling training camp in Green Bay. Several sources, several of them, say that the Packers will Mm. keep six. Mm. Now, in previous years, sometimes they've kept five. Sometimes they they have kept seven. But it seems to be uh, the NFL average is typically six. um, And most of those sources were saying six. So we're just going to stick with that for now. Um, but yeah, this is a young group, John. <laughs> wow. So we got Christian Watson, who's a lock. PB uh, lock. Uh, that's that's a lock. That's a PB lock, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Dontavian Wicks, he's a semi lock. They say he should he should make it. Uh, we got Deuce Watts and Jeff Cotton. So they had them grouped together, and I think mm-hmm. it's because they're kind of in their same that same grouping that they're all working yeah. out together. I would guess. I have no idea. Um, okay. The last two guys that I mentioned, I don't think I have a chance of making it. So, no. um, in the next grouping, we have uh, Romeo Dobbs, who's a he's a total, he's a PB lock. PB lock. Uh, we've got Malik Heath, who's an undrafted rookie, um, and he made some some plays in OTAs oh. uh, that rhymes. Uh, Grant DeBose, uh, he's a ref- recent draft pick, uh, but has yet to practice. Um, they say that he has the inside track on that last spot. Hmm. And then we have Jadakis. Jadakis? Sure. Uh, sure. Jadakis Bonds. <laughs> he ain't making it. Yeah, um, so in that in that group, again, you got Dobbs and you got maybe DeBose. Um, so right now we're at three locks that we're pretty sure about in the slot uh we've got Jaden reed who we just drafted in the second round i believe john right second he's a lock they aren't gonna cut him uh he's he's a pb lock uh that's four uh samari toure who's actually looked really good lately there's been a lot of ranting and raving about him um, he's kind of a semi-lock. Semi-lock. <laughs> um, but I, but we expect him to. I would expect him to make it. And then the last person in that in that slot grouping, Bo Melton. And you talked about speed on the Packers' offense. He has four point three four speed. I heard um, about this kid. Yeah. 
So yeah, you know, he's going to be probably a guy they, they would try to get onto the practice squad. But um, so then, so then you're looking at those, those six players that we talked about, maybe DeBose and the other five, Toure, Reed, Dobbs, Watson, and Wicks. Uh, those should be the guys that, that make the team. Um, I highly doubt with their roster uh, that they're going to do any more than and then six. No, yeah, six. Right. So, so my synopsis here, <laughs> I have no idea what Goody is thinking. Yeah. Uh, there's just not enough experience. This group may be the biggest reason that this this may be a lost year for the Green Bay Packers. So, I mean, even their tight end group has has pretty much no experience either. No. Um, and so, I mean, that's that's basically all of his pass catchers. So you're trying to help out your, you know, really, I would guess you could almost consider him a rookie quarterback because he hasn't really started in the NFL. You, you know, you got to help the guy out. Yeah. But they have no uh, veteran leadership in in those groups. You just don't. So any, any thoughts on this inexperienced group, John, uh, that we've got? Oh. Man, I, I don't know what to say on that because I I get what they're thinking. If they all grow up together, they're going to get better. But like you said, that's a wasted year. So do you go out and get a guy like Julio Jones? May he's out there, right? Or do you go out and get a a, a veteran um, receiver, you know, that's kind of middle of the pack because we can't afford a big ticket item. There's no way we can't go out and get somebody um, to bring in um, that's going to be a, a game changer per se. Like, um, let's say we wanted to trade with Seattle, and uh, you know, bring in one. Of, they have a really nice receiving core, by the way. I think they do. Um, no, it's just not going to happen. And you're not going to go out and uh, trade within the division, and so you're kind of stuck. Right, that's my opinion. I think we're just well. <laughs> let's see how it goes. Yeah, I don't think that's la- right. Very idea, hopeful right? that things are going to work out, right? Yeah, with who they've drafted. So yeah, because we already said they're not going to bring back Mercedes Lewis. Uh, that's almost a PB lock. That so you have a young tight end core, you have a young receiving core. You, you're gonna really rely heavily on the running backs in your offensive line. That is our strength. Wouldn't you agree, yep. Andy? I would agree. Running backs. I would okay. agree. Okay, so that I mean, means and you have a great, great talent. You've got Christian Watson, who looked really, really good yeah, last yeah. year. Yeah. But there's all also that it's kind of <laughs> I I hate to jinx them, but there's sometimes that sophomore jinx, that second year yeah. where you regress. So they got Correct. Dobbs and Christian Watson, both of them, and Dobbs was hurt last year. Correct. Um, so again, and he's looked really, really good, supposedly. Yeah. Uh, so those two are definitely going to have to play lights out. Yeah. Um, and to. hopefully a little sprinkling in of Jaden Reed and yeah. whoever else can, can help yeah. out. And then you got to yeah. make sure that they're, you know, going to remain healthy and you yeah. just hope and pray yeah, that's going to be the case. The, right. Right. You hope and pray for that, that, that happens because if you lose that, then you lose the continuity, which everybody talks about, you know, over too much, I think. But it's true, right? It, it's it's a, one of those really ad nauseum, oh, you don't have continuity. It's really hard to do this. 
But the Packers are stuck. We've been through it in our past episodes. We have zero, well, not zero salary cap. I shouldn't say that. Uh, maybe when everything is said and done, we'll have like five mil, maybe less. So you can't, you, you, who are you going to get? You can't get anybody because no one's, you can't be like, hey, I'll throw a couple mil at you this year. No. So that means you're going to be stuck with someone who gets cut, who's a veteran, who's a middle of the pack guy. And really, do you want, I don't know. I yeah, but it would him. really be nice, John, to have like a veteran, like a Mercedes. It, Lewis. It would. I mean, I know he's a tight end. Uh, but the thing that's been bugging me, I'm just going to bring it up. I, I've seen several articles now um, from these, you know, publications or whatnot, USA Today and ESPN, all these other ones, uh, yeah, Sports yeah. Illustrated, and they're all saying that we're going to we're going to keep uh, Jason Guara. And so I'm sure. thinking to myself, I thought for sure he'd be on the bubble or a cut, yeah, yeah, um, because right. at some point he's got to produce. Yeah, and I yeah. know he's one of the few quote-unquote veterans that we have left if you want to say that but he's barely played and hasn't really looked at all good when he's played so um, i know this is kind of a little bit off the subject but i mean wouldn't you rather have a mercedes lewis over him yeah Uh, just you know i I guess i would so i mean Mm. can you find somebody in that um Mm. that same mold as yeah, a Mercedes Lewis, not being that body type because he's huge, but yeah. I'm talking about like a wide receiver that's a veteran that can come in and kind of help out the, the young kids. But I just um, don't, man. No, we don't have. We just don't have the experience in this group. No, so we don't. It's very, very. Gosh, the, yeah, that thing. I think we probably have more question marks than even Way with the quarterback <laughs> at this point. Oh, absolutely. With the wide receiver group that absolutely. they've got. So they're taking a big leap of faith. Oh, it's a huge leap of faith. I mean, so, you know, I just hope it works out for the Packers. It I works so out too. for yeah for our fans. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing the product yeah. out on the field and everything. And, um, you know. We're, uh, like we talked about before, too, we're going to find out how good of a coach uh, Matt oh, LaFleur is. Yes, we are. And we will talk about the coaches uh, on one of our episodes coming up here because, again, now you have to coach. Now there's no, you know, I'm hiding, not hiding, but, but I'm sitting behind one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and I'm going to let him run the show for a little bit, right? Now you can't do that. You know, you got to be in like, hey, you got to be in Jordan's uh, head and be like, hey, that's a blitz. <laughs> Recognize the blitz. Why Aaron Rodgers is like, that's a blitz. And that's a this and that's a that. You know, he doesn't know that yet. And so here we go. Hang on. Hang, hang on to your butts. Or it's going to be it's going to be rough. So um, so let's wrap it up here. Um, so. Thank you again, Andy. A great information as always, my stat guy. So you're the stat guy now. Thank you. Um, <laughs> co-host and stat guy. Uh, so again, we will be a super excited for the upcoming training camp, which Andy and I will be doing a weekly podcast talking about, uh, you know, our last, we'll do linebackers and we'll finish up maybe with coaches also, but we'll also be talking about training camp. So we will be, you know, every week talking about what's working, what's not working, what we're seeing, what the news is, because there's going to be a ton of news and a ton of things coming out. And Jordan Love has got to be ready. So somebody better be prepping him right now 
because it's coming fast and furious and he better be ready. That's all I can say on that. So the other thing is, please rate us five stars uh, wherever you listen to your favorite pod, uh, podcast, Spotify or, uh, you know, wherever, iHeartRadio. And uh, we're also on YouTube and we're going to be doing a little more YouTube. Like I said, we're going to be uh, hopefully doing more live shows after the game because Andy and I are going to do our best to go to each other's homes and watch as many games as possible and kind of have our critique after the game while it's fresh in our head. So we might be doing some live stuff, but we're really excited about this upcoming season. I can't wait. Win or lose, hey, we're still Packer fans, right, Andy? When we're never going to stop. So, nope. Uh, I hope everyone will enjoy as as much as we're enjoying doing this. So, what else you got for us, Andy? Yeah, I just want to say, John, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, we're, we're almost to our thirtieth episode. I know <laughs> this is episode twenty nine. We're on our way to thirty, John. That's- so. So yeah, just a little recap, you know, of what we learned today. We're way over time, so why not? <laughs> yeah, we're over so the time. first thing that we learned today, everybody out there, Packer fans, Packer fans all over the world and in the good old United States of America, uh, Mike Holmgren and Sterling Sharp need to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame yeah. soon. Yeah, they deserve the recognition. Yeah. That's what we learned today. That's number one. Number yeah. two, Mark Murphy did a very good thing for the community Yay! by purchasing a golf Mark course. <laughs> Third thing we learned today, Blake Martinez loves Pokemon. Sure. My son, Nolan, needs to buy more Pokemon cards, I think, John. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want him to hear that, though. I'll have to tell him not to listen. Yeah, to then it, you're so. going to be like, uh-oh. Yep. Uh, fourth, we learned uh, Bears... Defensive tackle, Justin Jones, and John likes to say this all the time, is an idiot. Idiot. (laughs) And the last thing, the fifth thing that we learned today, and we've learned so many things, but I just narrowed it down. Uh, Let's be patient with Jordan Love, patient with the Packers wide receivers, and patient with the offense. I will not be patient with our starting running backs, though. Uh, they need to step up. And then that's it, John. That's all I've got for today. Yeah. So like I said, thank you so much, Andy. Uh, we're over time again. I know it, we love talking Packers, but we'll try to shorten up the episodes. <laughs> but I don't think that's going to happen because Probably like said, not. We, we love it. <laughs> and that, you know what? It's our podcast. We can do whatever we want. Well, we are going to talk about, you know, the linebacker group a little yep. bit next week uh we had talked about kind of the edge guys but more of the inside guys yeah. next week and then the secondary uh you know the cornerback uh safety and whatnot uh you know yeah. nickel corners and whatnot so yeah, those position so. groups we're gonna round out the defense and then uh yeah eventually move on to uh the training camp that's coming up so yeah, absolutely yeah and if anybody wants to get caught up beforehand you can listen to episode 28 of uh, Packers Blitz, the one before this one, in which we discussed uh, the defensive line and and uh, those edge rushers that that I just mentioned. Absolutely. So, and we're gonna have our thirtieth episode next week. So, again, thank you, all Packer Blitz fans. We love doing this. Yeah, I love doing it with my good buddy. Um, it, it's been awesome, and we look forward to more episodes in the future. So. 
Go Pack Go! We'll see you next week. See you next week, John. Go Pack Go! <laughs> Love you, buddy.